if not, I want to uh, I want to give God praise. Uh, last night um, we, uh, we were down at the priesthood meeting, and uh, I got Mike to go down there. They they needed a worship guy, and I said I know I know one, so I got him to come down over there, and um, that um, that meeting last night was absolutely off the chain. I mean, uh, people came. People came down. I, I didn't. I I didn't preach. Just the spirit of the Lord there. People came down. God was filling them, baptizing them, setting them free. I mean, it was it was like old time Pentecost in there last night, and it was just uh, it was just amazing. And I just give God praise and all the glory for what He did last night. And uh, He didn't. He didn't even. He didn't even need my preaching. I'm I'm surprised by that, but but not 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 really. You know, I'm joking, right? I'm just joking. But God was, God was just moving in people's lives last night, and we just give God praise for what He's doing in these last days. It's, a, it's, the, great, it's the time of the great ingathering, and we just, we just praise God for what He's doing. So, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for the opportunity to teach your word, O God. And I pray, Father God, that you would direct my mind and direct our, our discussion, O God. Let your name be glorified, Lord God, as we study your word tonight, Father. And let the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, drive this home into our souls, O God. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. So I want... Oh, I thought you fit say something. <laughs> I, I wanted to kind of just uh, kind of quickly go over a little bit what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, just to kind of kind of lay some groundwork here. What we're talking about for this month and, and maybe some next month, I don't know, you know me, I don't know how long these Bible studies go. I never think they're going to go more than two or three weeks, and six months later we're still fooling with it. So, But I just want to tell you that um, we, we're, we're going to be looking at what a, a Bible study that I've entitled The Dark Side. And what we're talking about over the next few weeks is, you know, Paul told us not to be ignorant of the devices of the devil. He said that we should know how our enemy works. And so what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks is we're going to be looking at how the kingdom of darkness, how it works, how it, what we should look out for, how he, how he attacks. We're just going to be looking at those things. And we started out by finding out how the devil became the devil. And so I'm going to briefly go through it. And uh, if you have a question, you're welcome to ask. And if I can answer it, I will. And if I can't, I'll ask Bo to come up here and explain it, and uh, he'll take care of it. I, I give him all my heavy work. I just take the light ones, So, because he's a Sunday school teacher. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of philosophies on this um, about Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, and, and there's, a lot of different, there's a lot of different things, and, and none of us can prove any of them because none of us were there. But the one that makes the most sense to me, as I talked to you about last week, is something that's called the gap theory. And what the gap theory says is that in Genesis 1-1, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you remember last week, we talked about in Isaiah 45, it says God made the earth to be inhabited. He did not make it uh, void. He made it to be inhabited. So the philosophy of the gap theory, and we talked a lot of scripture last week, um, was that God created the heavens and the earth sometime in the ancient past. 
Now, I don't care how long back you want to tell me the earth is. If you want to tell me it's 10 billion years old, I don't care. Because God's been here from eternity, and he created it when he wanted to, and however he created it, whenever he created it, that's when he did it. So it doesn't matter to me how old, how old you think the earth is or how old scientists say it is or any of that stuff. I don't care. It's as old as it is, and that's good enough for me. I don't care. Somewhere between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, the gap theory teaches that there was an entire civilization. So whenever you find dinosaurs, because dinosaurs existed. I mean, how many, how many of you believe that dinosaurs are just a fallacy? They, dinosaurs existed. They were real. You've got to figure out where they were. Now, if you go to the ark, well, I'm not, that'll confuse you. Never mind. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'll just, I'm just going to get confused in there. So in that past, in that between 1-1 one, one and 1-2, one, that's whenever those things existed. Um, I, it was, it's kind of funny because last Thursday morning we taught on this Wednesday night and Thursday morning there was an article on Fox that said that scientists now say that the first, the first, um, the first sighting of man, men, upright homo sapien men in the United States in this area, they've now found footprints that date back 27,000 years. You know, and, and, I, and, I, and I could say, well, they just don't know how to date. They just don't know how to do this. They don't know how to do that. But my answer is, fine. I don't care. I have, I have no doubt there was an entire civilization. And, and somewhere along the line there, Satan, as an, as a, as a, as an archangel, as, as one of the most beautiful creatures God created, who probably had dominion over the earth, and we talked about last week that if Finus Dakes is right, that he probably set up his kingdom in Jerusalem. He had dominion over the earth as an archangel and probably set up his dominion and Jerusalem. Somewhere along in there, he convinced a third of the angels that they needed to rebel against God and set Satan up as God. And in the midst of that, that's whenever he rebelled against God and God gathered them up and he cast them to the earth. And somewhere in all of that casting, the earth went into a state of being uh, void. It went into a state of so much confusion that even light and darkness were confused. And I'm not even sure how, they, how you do that. But I do know that the God, first thing God did was separate light and dark. So even, the, even it was in such a state of confusion, it was in such a state, and throughout all that, man, dinosaurs, all of the creation was destroyed. All destroyed. And then in Genesis 1-2, we find God saying, let there be light. And he recreated the earth. And he, and, and he put man on the earth. And so, and then Lucifer, um, as Satan, was obviously still on the earth. So, does anybody, am I confusing anybody with that? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. No, he was. He was it. He was in the. Yeah. I mean, he is created. He's just no. He's cast out of heaven between one and two. If if you read, if you if you just do a little bit of reading in science, um, science will tell you that sometime in the ancient past, the Earth was hit by a meteor. 
you may have heard this, the earth was hit by a meteor, and that meteor caused cataclysmic events on the earth, and it caused volcanoes to erupt, and it caused uh, the, the, the amount of soot and stuff that came out of the volcanoes actually shrouded the earth, and we went through something called an ice age. Y'all remember that from school? So that, that supposedly began with a meteor that came and struck the earth. And they've even got a big pit somewhere. I think it's in New Mexico or somewhere. I, I, they may not even be in the United States. I should have looked that up. But they've got a big hole that they say is where the meteor hit. Well, if you take out the word meteor and you put in the word Satan, <laughs> it all kind of fits. I mean, I'm not, I don't know if he made a big hole when he hit, but a third of the angels probably... I hope he did. I hope it hurt. <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. But, but yeah, it, Genesis 1-1, you have a perfect creation. Planets, everything is in perfect harmony. Everything is perfectly created. It's all, it's all lush. But somewhere between 1-1 and 1-2, according to the gap theory, and it's, uh, like last week we went through a lot, a lot of scripture, um, that was all destroyed because Satan rose up to say, I will be like God in Ezekiel uh, 28, Isaiah 14. He talks about, I will be like God. I will rise to the throne. And, and because of that rebellion, God cast him out. We, we talked about last week, just to kind of help, is that this is a reasonable assumption because whenever man was created with Adam and his lineages begin to go, he got down about 10 generations down and the Bible says in Genesis 6 that, the, that man, the every thought of man was continually wicked. Remember that? He had been so corrupted by the devil that once again, every man on the earth, his thoughts were continually wicked, and it grieved God that he had made man. And verse, one of the verses there, I think it's 6 or 7, says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. So had Noah not found grace in the eyes of God, then the flood that came that destroyed the men of that era would have once again destroyed everything again, right? Because if Noah hadn't been there, then God wouldn't have found righteousness in any of them. There wouldn't have been no boat. There wouldn't have been no gathering of the animals. There wouldn't have been any of that. And the earth would have been destroyed again by water, just like we think it was in what's called Lucifer's flood that occurred between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Is everybody... So, so we seek... And then, and then Jesus, God says that he won't destroy the earth by water again. And he put the rainbow in the sky. Remember that story? So, another thing we talked about last week is that God told Adam and Eve to replenish the earth. To replenish it. So, um, just some... some a, a, a talk in there um, to help us get between, help us get to where we are tonight. So Lucifer falls, um, and he is is cast to the earth. He's put in the earth prison, if you would, and the earth goes into chaos. But if we go, if you look at your sheet tonight. We're going to go to Genesis one two, and we're going to start here. So the earth is being. Oh, I was going to tell you one more thing. If you uh, if you go to the. Um, Dinosaur National, the Dinosaur State Park up in Glen Rose, Texas. You'll find dinosaur prints up there from eons back. But one of the things you find up there 
in the dinosaur fossil footprints is you find a human footprint, five toes, homo sapien, human footprint in the middle of a dinosaur footprint. And they say that this is because they both fossilized, they're both aged the same, they say that this is proof positive that man actually coexisted at the same time as the dinosaurs. Now, there's some people that say, oh, well, that can't be, that's not right, that's not, it wasn't a man, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, you can say what you want because, like I said, none of us were there. So, um, it's like trying to prove that Jesus made wine, really alcoholic wine, that nobody was there. We kind of hard to really prove it. But anyway, here we go. So, Genesis 1-2, we, we start here with a chaotic earth after it's been destroyed, after the fall of Lucifer, after Lucifer's flood, we start with a chaotic earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and the Lord said, Let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. So I can read all of this if you want me to, but, but what I want you to know right here is that the Jewish calendar they say that they started their Jewish calendar on this day right here. Whenever it says, um, and the evening and the morning was the first day, that is an ordinal number, which means that it is the first day of a sequence. There's ordinal numbers, and I think the other ones are called cardinal numbers, but this is an ordinal number. So this is the first day of a new sequence. And whenever this first day of a new sequence occurs, the Jews tell you that they started their calendar on this day, day one. As a matter of fact, if you read in the New Testament, you'll find out that they call their days upside down because they start their day in the evening. So right now, we're already tomorrow. <laughs> Figure that out. <laughs> and actually, they call 3 o'clock in the afternoon between the evenings. So it's a confusing thing the way they count days, but the bottom line that I want you to understand is that they say that the year we're in right now, the year 2023, is 5,784 years since the creation of Adam. So we are 5,784 years from Adam in the year 2023. It's, it's, on, your, it's on your sheet there. So we can go through here. God creates light. He breaks light and darkness, and he begins to separate the waters. He creates the, puts the uh, animals. He creates the birds. He puts the fishes. He, he, you see the sun, the moon, and the stars. You go on down until you get to verse uh, 26. And verse 26, and we talked about this some last week too, that when it says God in the Old Testament, 2,800 times, so most of the time, it's the word Elohim. And the word Elohim is the plural of the word El. But it's always used with singular verbs. So it's the precursor of the Trinity. Let us create man in our image. Let us create man in our image. Verse 26, and after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man, Elohim created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So here's the creation 
of Adam and Eve. And if you notice something about this, I want you to notice that in verse 26, he says, uh, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God gave man dominion over everything on the earth. So where are we at? We're with a new creation, got all new animals, got all new plants, got all new stuff, got, a, got an ocean out there, got waters contained, got rivers going. We got, we got a, a man created out of the dirt of the earth. God breathed into Adam and he became a living soul. So we've got man there and um, God has given this man dominion over the earth. So the devil is still here, Satan is still here, Lucifer is still here, but he gives man dominion over everything in the earth, including the creep. <laughs> Named Lucifer. <laughs> Every creeping thing that creeps. So he gave him power over the creep too. So we go on here. If, let's see if what I'm missing here. Uh, if you look at your sheet, it says, according to the Jewish calendar, this event, I should say event, does yours say event? Um, occurred 5,784 years ago. So Elohim, God, gave dominion over all the earth into the hand of Adam. So, anybody have any questions about that? Yes, ma'am. No, you're good. That's, we're going to go slow here. I didn't, Sure. Uh huh. Yeah. What what chapter one and chapter two do is one is the thirty thousand foot level, and two is where God digs down into the details. So that's what happens between one and two. He he talks about the just the general overview there, and then chapter two is the details of how it happened. Yes, ma'am. You're fine. That's why we do this. Yeah. You know, um, that's a, that's a really. No, 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 it's, it's, and there's another question there, who, who did Cain marry? If Adam and Eve were the first ones, who did Cain marry? And the obvious answer is his sister. So, I mean, um, those, that kind of stuff, I, I don't know all the answers to that. What, what I do know is God made Adam and God made Eve. Now, how many children they had, I don't know. Did they have children when they were in the garden? I don't think so, but I don't know. Um, and, and. How, how, how long, you know, they lived 900 and something years. So when the timing of all this and how all that came together, I don't really have the answer to all that. I don't, I don't really know. I've got an opinion of it, but I don't really have anything to back it up. And so some of those things uh, are just mysteries to me. Um, I just, no, no, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad anything, anything out here you're welcome to bring up. If I can't answer it, I just won't answer it. Not you. I'm not asking you. But... <laughs> But I don't, I do know that God made Cain, I mean, uh, God made Adam and Eve. I do know that they populated the earth. So those people that are there somehow are associated with Adam and Eve. 
I, 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 don't, know, I don't know how long that all occurred, when all, all the timing of it, but that's what I know. And they had another son, Seth, who comes into play here too. Yes, ma'am. Huh? Yeah. No. They did. In in a lot of in, in some cultures, even today, and particularly back in the uh, you know in the in the before the modern era, before night before the modern back in the back in the day, the the pharaohs and, and even kings used to marry their sisters. I mean, it's, it wasn't that unusual of a practice. But you can't do it in America; it's against the law. No. It's an idea, but I. <laughs> okay. think Adam was created when there was no other men and then Eve came along here in chapter 2 and from them everybody because because I'm saying that because whenever Adam fell everybody fell under sin because we are all of the lineage of Adam so since we're all under the lineage of Adam if that wasn't true then there could have been somebody else and been outside of that but we're all of the lineage of Adam uh, Paul makes it very clear in the New Testament that when Adam sinned, the entire human race fell under sin because we are all of the lineage of Adam. So somewhere along in there, and you know, I'll tell you something else. Here's something else about this. Right now, we know that it takes a woman nine months, and this is a, if, you, if you're wondering if you're a woman, this is a good check. If you're not sure, this is a really good check. If you can produce another human, you're probably a woman. If you have that ability that you can produce another human, then you're definitely a woman. So we, we don't know. Something else we don't know is we don't know how long it took Eve to actually have a child. I mean, as part of the, as part of the uh, curse, what did he tell her? You'll have pain in childbirth, which kind of makes you think maybe they didn't have pain before. Well, how would she know? She had to have children. So I'm not, I'm not sure about all that. I'm not positive about it. And then you can argue it any way, and I'll, I'll just agree, accept their way. But you, <laughs> but you can argue it several different ways, and I, I really don't have any. I'll just have to pretty much agree, as long as you agree that Adam and Eve were first. Um, the rest of it, however you think it happened, is I, I really can't tell you yes or no, because according to Scripture... Because I, I don't really know. There's a lot of questions here that, that you, you can't really answer 
Um, so when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll find out. We'll ask Adam how it happened. Yes, ma'am? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Of everything. <laughs> almost wound up bad for the whole human race like I said there's a lot of questions about some of these things that that just and, and, and let, me, let, me, let me mention something about this and that is this the, the, the Bible the, the Bible is written to give us a picture of Jesus so some of these questions, some of these things that, that I think about, that I wonder about, because I'm a thinker, I, I wonder where some of these things happened. I wonder how some of this stuff came together. But you're just not going to find the answer in here because it's not written to explain where all of that happened. It's written to show me Adam and Eve, and the important thing that happened to them is that they failed, the original sin. So where the other people came from, I know that Adam and Eve were first. I know that everything belongs to Adam and Eve. All of us come through the lineage of Adam and Eve. I know that. How long it took them to have babies, how long they were in the garden, whether or not they had children while they were there, where the other people came from, I'm not sure. I can tell you what I think, but once again, I wasn't there. Brother Floyd. <laughs> He was only one generation removed, but yes, sir. Right. That, that is a philosophy. So, leaving the doctrine of, let's move along. <laughs> Genesis 1, 2, uh, wait a minute, I'm on the wrong sheet here. Here we go, there we go, right here. So, Genesis 3, 1 through 8. Mankind by the original sin of Adam lost the glorious, glorious sinlessness and innocence of the recreated world. So, in the garden, we had Adam and Eve and maybe others, but we, we're going to follow Adam and Eve. And in Genesis 3, it talks about the fall of man. This is called the original sin. It's now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, you know the story, she ate, you get down to the... To the verse 6, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to make one wise. And she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it to her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them was opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. 
And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And God, God came on to Adam and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God asked him, Who told you you were naked? How have, have you eaten of the tree whereby I command you you shouldn't eat? And the man immediately stood up and said, She did it. She gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the woman said, and God said unto the woman, What is this that you've done? And the woman said, He did it. The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord said unto the serpent, What have you done? And he didn't have anybody to point at. He said, Because you have done this, you're cursed above the cattle, above the beasts of the field, upon the belly shall you go, dust shall you eat. Verse 15 says, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And this, of course, is a foretelling of the coming of the Son of God that will die for our sins. And it's, it's, it's foretold in Genesis 3.15. It's not a plan B. It is exactly the plan that was made from the foundation of the world because God knew when he created Adam that he was going to fall, and they had already determined that Jesus Christ would become the sacrifice for our sin. Yes, ma'am. Oh. Okay. Right. I agree. So, moving right along here. <coughs> To questions I can't answer. <laughs> we have the original sin. Adam and Eve fall. And when they fall, by sin, they turn dominion. Remember, Adam had dominion. But whenever he sinned, he turned that dominion back over to the devil whom it had been taken from. So when he sinned, there were some things that happened. Number one, he caused, he caused mankind and the world to lose the God consciousness and replaced it with self-consciousness. So when Adam was created in the image of God, he had a spiritual mind and a dead flesh man who controlled his soul, because your body, soul, and spirit, right? So Adam, being like God, had an alive spirit that directed his, his soul with a dead flesh man. But whenever he sinned, if you read what the Jewish writers say about this in the Shamash, he, they say that when Adam said in verse 12, the woman whom thou gavest me to be with me, she gave of me of the tree, and I did eat. The way that the words are constructed in the original language, it says that what Adam actually told God is the woman gave it to me the tree, and I did eat, and I will eat it again. And he repeats those words, or, or Eve says the same words whenever God asks her about it. She says, I ate it, and I'll eat it again. In other words, the spirit man immediately died. The flesh man arose, and all of a sudden, he was no longer God conscience. He was rebellious flesh conscience. He was only concerned with fulfilling the lust of the flesh. 
the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And God had told them what? In the day that you eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. And now every man born has a flesh man that at some point in his life comes alive and all the lusts of the flesh begin to show up in a dead spirit man with only enough faith to know that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and through the price paid by Christ on the cross, I can be saved. Every man is conscious that he needs a Savior. He tries to fill that hole with all kind of stuff, but every one of us know that's in this room that the only way to fill that hole is to allow God to become the Lord of your life, to become saved, and when you become saved, that spirit man comes alive and he begins to receive what God intended for man to be, and that is a living spirit. Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. If you study that, you'll find out he didn't just blow air on them. He resurrected a spirit man. That word blow upon him occurs two other times in Scripture. Number one is whenever God breathed upon man and he became a living soul. That's the first time that word's used. The second time that word's used is whenever God breathes upon the body, the bones in the valley of dry bones, and they stand up as a living army. So that word has more to do with just blowing air. It has to do with blowing a life-changing situation that causes something to come alive. And in the case of the disciples, it was blown upon them so that that spirit man, if, if you read the disciples before they, God does that, these guys can't understand nothing. They're always asking Jesus, what did that parable mean? Why did you say that? Why did you do it that way? But after God blows upon them, and, they, and after they, if you get in the book of Acts, the first chapter, all of a sudden Peter understands everything. He knows why Judas by transgression fails. He understands that, and they, and, they, and they move along from there because that spirit man comes alive. So, Adam, number one, when he sinned, he lost his God consciousness, and he replaced it with self-consciousness. Number two, Adam, by his sin and putting the devil in charge of his dominion, he lost the power to maintain order and do good, and he replaced it with chaos and the power to do evil. If you look across the United States right now, with lawlessness, with the law being removed, what do you see people doing? Being nicer or being meaner? I read today that the city of San Diego lifted a law that said that you were not allowed to loiter in certain areas. They lifted the city ordinance because the law was written to keep prostitutes from a certain part of town, to try to keep them in a certain area. And the, the, the article said they lifted the law because they determined it was discriminatory. I'm not kidding you. Unless Fox is lying, now that could be a case. But when they lifted that law, now one, one mom interviewed said, I had to explain to my son why there's ladies standing on the street at nine, 8 o'clock in the morning dancing and flashing their breasts. Why? Because they become lawless. When Adam gave the authority of the, the dominion of the earth to the devil, then it's not going to get better. It's going to be replaced with chaos and the power to do evil. Number three, he lost the power to reflect the likeness of God and replaced it with the likeness of flesh, of evil. So, 
Um, I, I wrote a little extra here because I, I love the precision of the Bible in this. It says the image of God was received by Adam when he was created out of the dust of the earth. So my image, what you're looking at here, <laughs> this is what God looks like. He's got two eyes, he's got a nose, he's got a mouth. I'm, I'm made in his image. I'm made in his image. But the Bible says I was created in his likeness. And that word created is the word B-A-R-A, bara. Bara means something that's made out of nothing. That's what bara means. So I'm made in his likeness because I'm made out of dirt. So I'm made from something that was already here. But I'm created in his, in his uh, I got that backwards, didn't I? I'm made in his image, but I'm created in his likeness because my likeness to God came about when he breathed into man and man became a living soul. Then within me became body, soul, and spirit. That was created within me by the breath of God. It wasn't, cre it wasn't made of something that existed. It was made of something that God breathed into me. So, uh, but whenever he gave that power to the devil, he lost the power to reflect the goodness, the likeness, the spiritualness of God, and he replaced it with the likeness of evil or the flesh. Number four is whenever he fell, he lost the power to regain that which was lost. Adam didn't just need God to forgive him. Look, look with me at the third chapter, verse 23. God did not need, Adam did not need God just to simply forgive him for making a mistake. Verse 323 says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken, and he was he was drove out of he drove out the man and placed him at the east end of the and placed at the east end of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way from the tree of life. Adam was disqualified, like Sarah said. Adam was disqualified. He, he, couldn't, he, couldn't be, he couldn't simply come back. He couldn't simply just be forgiven. He had, he had given his dominion and his authority to, to someone else, and he was disqualified from being able to be allowed back into that family of God. Now, God made a way by allowing them to live under the, the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer. God made a way, but it was only a temporary way. It was, it was not a way that was such that Adam could come back to where he was. Adam couldn't be forgiven because Adam had to be redeemed. When Jesus died on the cross, his blood alone washes away my sin. His blood alone washes away my sin. When he rose on the third day and he presented himself in the holiest of holies in the heavenlies, he became the propitiation. I think I'm getting ahead of myself here, but he became the propitiation for my sin, which means the perfect sacrifice to satisfy the judicial requirements of the law of God, the Father. And when he did that, then he broke down the center wall of petition, Paul calls it, between God and man. And now, because I'm redeemed, now I can become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. 
could not before Jesus, what did Jesus say? It's, it's, your, it's, it's a good thing whenever I leave, because if I leave, I'll send back another comforter. Why didn't he send him back before he left? Because he couldn't come down on unredeemed man. I was still under the law of Adam. I was still under the curse. Making sense? Y'all good? Everybody good with this? So whenever mankind became redeemed, then he could be inhabited by God. The, by God. And in this case, the Holy Spirit can, was sent back by Christ to infill a redeemed mankind. And now if you're saved, then you become part of a different kingdom. I'm getting way ahead of myself now. And you can be filled with the Holy Spirit because now you are redeemed. So Adam could not be just simply forgiven and forgotten. He had to be, his race had to be redeemed because he had given dominion of the earth to the devil by his sin. a lot. Everybody good? I like the way you're looking at me. Genesis 3.15 God before the earth was formed had a plan to redeem man and the earth from the kingdom of darkness. Jesus as the son of God came to the earth to be the perfect sacrifice. You know what? I got, I, I got all confused there, didn't I? Let's go back up to lost the power to regain that was lost. Let's go to Romans 5. Let's, let's look at this. Romans, let's go in the New Testament. Let's look at Romans 5. Adam lost the ability to regain what was lost. Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5, 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Verse 16. And not as it was by the one that sinned, so is the gift, for the judgment which was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. And in verse um, 18, it continues on, it says, Therefore, as by the offense of one... And this offense is the original sin. By the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under justification of life. So Adam's sin, not only, not only did it disqualify him, but it disqualified all of his lineage. We're all under sin until we're saved by Christ. Let's look at Romans 8. This talks about the creation. What happened to the creation when Adam sinned? Remember, he turned the dominion of, of everything over to the devil. And when he did that, we find in Romans, Romans, yes, yeah, right, Romans 8, 19 through 22. For the earnest expectation of the creature waits for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by him, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, because the creature itself shall also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. So not only was Adam and the race of mankind placed into, 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 into sin, placed into 
a place of chaos. But the Bible tells us in Romans that the creation, likewise, is in a place of chaos. And it awaits to be redeemed as well. I mean, we see this in the millennial reign of Christ. We see some of this. So the creation was also cursed at this time. So Adam, yes, ma'am. Why? I'm scared. Yes. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Because of because of the it's not because of the apple, it's because of the disobedience and the rebellion that introduced sin. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I do agree with you. Yes, we are. And it and it, you know, sin what we see from this is that sin wreaks a horrible price in people. It it, re, it wreaks a horrible price. I mean, you you look at you look at the, you look at our world. You look at the families. Um, you you look at, you look at what it does to, to the children when the when the parents are are off into into different things, or when the, when when mom and dad's divorced and you blend and that, everything that goes along with that. You know, I mean, God can make it better and God can fix it. That's true. But but you look at the kids that are raised in those situations who don't go to church and know nothing about God. And, and you, you know, I mean, you look at sometimes, the believe it or not, sometimes the stepdad or sometimes the stepmom, they don't want the kids from the first marriage. They don't want them. They kick them out. They just say, go. Go live with the other parent. Don't come back here. And, you know, it just you look at that and, and you, you realize the horrible price that mankind and the creation paid because of an original sin. And what happens when you put the devil in charge of things? He, he, he cannot be good. We're going to talk about that. He, can, he is a liar. He only has three things that he wants to do, and that's kill, steal, and destroy. And that's it. And when you put him in charge, it's only the grace of God that keeps things somewhat in some kind of order. Otherwise, we would degrade into the same chaos that you find the earth in in Genesis 1-2. It's only the grace of God that keeps this thing moving forward like it should and gives us hope in a future. So, yeah, I agree with you. It's a horrible price to pay. It was a terrible price to pay. But Jesus was willing to pay it. Even if it just would have been Adam and Eve, he would have paid it as well. That's my opinion. I don't have a scripture for that. Um, let's look at one more place, James 1. James is further back in your book. It's after Hebrews. Hebrews, James. James chapter 1. This talks about, this particular verse talks about what happened to man whenever he lost the God image and he picked it up with the self image. This is what happened to man. Genesis 1.13 says, Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempts he any man. But every man is tempted when? He is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So most of the time, we, we, we like to say the devil made me do it, but most of the time that devil's living in my shirt, <laughs> in my head, because I'm drawn away by my own lusts. 
And when did that lust surface? It surfaced whenever Adam committed the original sin. And in me, it surfaced whenever I became aware of the difference between good and evil. We call that the age of accountability. And whenever I became accountable, whenever I began to understand that there was a right and there was a wrong, then that lust immediately started taking over within me. And the only thing that checks that lust, or two things check it. Number one is salvation. The other sometimes is, is fear of mom and dad. <laughs> but you know what? That, that, I'm just saying that that lust was birthed whenever Adam sinned because self rose. And once the self man rose and the spirit man died, whenever that happened, now we're drawn away of our own lust and enticed. So now we have a continual fight with an adversary, and that adversary is not the devil as much as it is me. And sometimes it is the devil, of course. Sometimes he arranges situations. But, but most of the time, the biggest problem I have living a Christian life is me because I have to keep my flesh crucified. It's got to remain crucified because if it ever gets off that cross, then it acts up. And once it acts up, then I become selfish, I become angry, and all the things that the lusts that are within me all start to surface. Why? Because I let that flesh man off the cross and I begin to frustrate the grace of God because now I'm doing the things that I would do if I didn't know Jesus because I've let my flesh man come alive. Does that make sense? Joyce? <laughs> No, I'm just playing with you. I, I, I love questions. I, I really enjoy, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this very much. I, I hope you are. I am. So we're going to, uh, we get down here to the next Genesis 3.15. We got to that. Uh, Jesus as the son of God came to earth to be the perfect sacrifice for sin and to redeem mankind. So uh, go back to Romans. We're going to, we're going to make just a real, real quick trip here. And then we're going to, we're going to, get into the next phase of this thing. Uh, Romans chapter 4. We're talking about Jesus as the Son of God came to earth to be the perfect sacrifice for sin and to redeem mankind. 425. This is talking about Jesus. 424 says, are, are you there? Getting close? 424 says, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him who raised up Christ Jesus our Lord from the dead Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. So Jesus Christ was crucified for our sins, and then he was raised again for our justification, redemption, just as if I never sinned, justification. Uh, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, very popular, very well-known scripture, says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So Jesus Christ is the perfect sacrifice. First John, I talked about this a while ago, but if you go back to the back, am I going too fast? Okay, First John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. 1 John's in the back. If you're not sure where it is, go to the back of the Bible. That's Revelation and come back from the front. Jude, 3 John, 2 John, 1 John. So it's like four books from the back of the book. 
So 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says this, My little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sin, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And if you look on your sheet, you'll find that that word propitiation means that which provides the satisfaction demanded by God the Father, justice, whereby the removal of sin is obtained. So Jesus Christ and Christ alone is the only sacrifice that we need to remove the sins from our life. His blood cleanses me from all of my sins. Amen? Okay. So I have three minutes. We'll briefly, we'll briefly just talk. We'll ju I'm just going to talk about these. just going to introduce you to them. And then we'll talk about them next week. Have I overloaded you tonight? Anybody feel overloaded? Okay. So, because of the fall of Adam, the Bible talks about three kingdoms that currently exist. There are three kingdoms that currently exist. Number one is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the sovereignty of God, which is moral and universal. It existed from the beginning and will know no end. It is over all and embraces all. So the kingdom of God is everything. He owns it all. He embraces it all. Number two is the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven describes the dispensational kingdom and is exclusively used of the Messiah's kingdom on earth. The kingdom was rejected by the Jewish people and the Messiah was crucified. It was then moved to all the peoples of the earth when we Gentiles got in and is now the earthly kingdom where the children of God are. It is the kingdom of God demonstrated on a fallen earth. So the kingdom of God lives within you and you are the kingdom of heaven. The church is the kingdom of heaven. Anywhere where God exists on the earth in you is the kingdom of heaven. Lastly is the kingdom of Satan, which is the earthly realm of where the kingdom of heaven is not present. So anywhere on this earth that you go, that there's no church and no Christian, then the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of Satan, is going to be the prevailing kingdom. You don't have to teach a kid to be bad. You don't have to, you don't have to teach a society to be bad. You don't have to teach people to be mean. If you can behead 300 babies and throw them in a dumpster, you're full of the devil. And that is the kingdom of Satan. Okay, so I'm done. Anybody else have any questions or comments as we finish up here? Next week we'll start and we'll talk about these kingdoms a little bit. And then we're going to start talking about Luke chapter 4. We're going to talk about the four aspects of the, of the kingdom of Satan and how he operates. So... Y'all had enough of this, or is this, is this something you, you're liking? Are you liking this? Is this okay? Because I enjoy this kind of stuff, but some people don't. Everybody good? All right, well, stand with me tonight, and let's be dismissed. And by the way, so you know, I, I enjoy questions. I can't answer all of them, but I don't, I don't want you to ever think that you, you're coming against me or you're Whatever. You're not. I, I enjoy the questions. If, if it's bothering you, it's probably bothering half the congregation. So it's better to go ahead and get it out there and find out I can't answer it and get it over with.
rather wonder how it happened. So I, I appreciate your questions. It makes it fun, makes it more lively. You think of things that I can't imagine. And so <laughs> I'm just playing. I appreciate your questions very much. Yeah. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for tonight. Father, thank you, Lord God, for your spirit that's been in this house, God. Thank you for your direction, O oh God. And now we pray, Father, Lord God, that you would open our minds and open our hearts, Lord God, that we might receive of you, God. Let your Holy Spirit touch us, O oh God, and move through us, Lord God. And Father God, keep us throughout the remainder of this week, O oh God. Lord, let your spirit, Lord God, lead us and guide us, Lord, and bring us Sunday, Father God, back into your house, O God, with praise in our hearts and joy in our, in our life, O God. In Jesus' name we pray for your glory. Amen. 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 You are dismissed. God bless you.